Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered, your home for Montreal Canadiens news, information, and entertainment. Hosted by Matt Smith and the hockey writers Blaine Padvin and Treg Toxic Wilson. Our goal is to provide you unfiltered hockey discussion, entertainment, and sometimes bad life advice. And welcome to another episode of Habs Unfiltered Sit Rep. I'm your host this week, Blaine Putvey of the Hockey Writers. Uh, in today's Montreal Canadiens news and rumors roundup, Claude Julien addresses the fans' request to tank for the top pick. Mike Ribeiro gives his thoughts on the Shea Weber PK Subin trade and his future, plus the potential CBA modifications as the NHL and NHLPA continue to negotiate. Finally, will Alexander Romanov be able to play? Ooh. So uh, we'll just kick it off with the uh, Claude Julian addresses tanking and the positives of the play-ins. So in a recent phone conference interview, Julian was asked his thoughts on fans wanting the team to tank for the first overall pick. He uh, he stated, although it would be great to have a player like Alexis Lafreniere, it's not a guarantee and he believes the only way to take a step forward is to go out and play hard to try to win. Uh, Julian admitted they were not counting on playing for the Stanley Cup. I mean, clearly this team is not built for the uh, this uh, for Stanley Cup contention. But uh, if he if they knew what they know now, back at the trade deadline, uh, they never would have traded players like Nick Cousins, Marco Scandella, Ilya Kovalchuk, on and on. Uh, he does believe, however, that this will be a great opportunity for the uh, young players to gain valuable playoff experience. And I quote. The only way to take a step forward is to go out there and play hard and try and win and do the best you can. And if we win, then we're getting better as a team. There's excitement there. There's an opportunity to grow. I think we need to take this situation and run with it. Um, my thoughts on this are not much different from everyone else's. Uh, the Canadians, on paper... Uh, do not match up well against uh, Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. Now, their season record against the Penguins is 1-1-1. They have played pretty tight against the Pens this year. That being said, however, um, the Penguins are a pretty healthy bunch now. They were dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, Keep in mind, the Penguins are clearly the much deeper team. Uh, they are a Stanley Cup contender. They were seventh overall um, in in the NHL. And uh, they're in their cup window with uh, Crosby and Malkin as the one-two punch up the middle. Uh, the Canadians are looking at matching up 
against that dynamic duo with uh, Philip Deneau matching up against Crosby. And it would seem that Nick Suzuki, bleh, pardon me, Nick Suzuki is going to match up against Evgeny Malkin. Now, this does seem like a, a rather large mismatch. Um, Nick Suzuki is going to be a very good centerman, and this play-in series is going to help him improve, uh, mostly because it's going to show him what uh, a star centerman can do in the playoffs. Uh, Malkin is a proven playoff performer. He has a con Smythe to his name, several Stanley Cup rings. Um, so the Canadians are going to be in tough. Uh, I know the odds are that they're going to lose, but weirder things have happened. Uh, if Price stands on his head and everybody on the team play exactly how they're supposed to play, who knows? But the chances are they're going to lose this series, and I predicted a a, uh, a loss in Game 4 out of the five games. So uh, they would end up losing three games to one. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing, uh, as they would end up with a ninth overall pick and a shot at first overall. The key here, as Julian mentioned, is the experience they'll gain playing against a team in a playoff-style format. I know it's not the playoffs. Treg loves to get uber-technical. It's not the playoffs, but it's a series of games where the winner moves on and the loser is done. So that is, for all intents and purposes, for what they're going to experience, the playoffs. All right, moving on. Mike Ribeiro on the Weber-Subin trade and his future. So uh, in the last Habs Unfiltered episode, uh, Treg and I went down this rabbit hole. And as much as I hate to do this, I have to do it again because this is the script that Treg wrote. For the hockey writers, I might add. Toot toot. Okay, Ribeiro was in Montreal recently and gave us thoughts on the Shea Weber, P.K. Subin trade on a uh, a, podca- a French-language podcast called La Poche Bleu. I'm really flubbing my words. La Poche Bleu. Uh, it's a uh, podcast hosted by Guillaume Nathan Andres and Maxime Napierre, two former Montreal Canadians. So they got another former Montreal Canadian in Mike Ribeiro to come on the show. So the former Canadian center who had played with Subin in Montreal and Weber in Nashville. Yeah, no, I don't... I don't think that happened. Either way, doesn't matter. He played with Weber in in, uh, in Nashville. Uh, he didn't hold back on his thoughts. Uh, when asked about the trade, he said he didn't understand why Nashville made that trade. Subban is a cartoon, quote-unquote. Now, keep in mind, when he said cartoon, he said it in the context of... Uh, Subin's a bon vivant. Uh, he loves to have fun. He's very, he's very effervescent. He's got a, a fun personality, uh, but cartoon in the sense that that fun personality is not really pervasive for being taken as seriously. Uh, all right, so he said Subin's a cartoon, while Weber is a presence and a professional, and that the Habs were lucky because Weber is the better player. Uh, Ribeiro has never formally announced his retirement, but he has been out of hockey for three seasons. Uh, and let's be honest, uh, Ribeiro had uh, ups and downs throughout his career. He had bouts of uh, issues with substance abuse 
and uh, he had some personal issues that came up. I'm not going to get into that here, as it's not the place. Uh, although he would like to have played his entire career with the Habs, he still believes he had a great career with 793 points in 1,074 games. He feels it could have been better if he didn't have off-ice issues, which is 100% true. Ribeiro loved to party, and it showed sometimes in his game. Uh, he uh, he left Montreal in that Ribeiro Nenny Yinema trade with um, with Dallas. It had a lot to do with his off-ice issues with then-captain Saku Koivu. Uh, Ribeiro and Koivu did not get along. Uh, and Ribeiro even made mention in this uh, this podcast, La Poche Bleue, about how he felt that when Saku scored points, he was happy even if the team lost, and that Saku would be upset if he didn't score points, even if the team won. Now, I wasn't in the room. I don't know that if that to be true. I haven't heard confirmation or otherwise uh, from anyone else. So to me, this just kind of points to a continued animosity between the two players, and it just points to why Ribeiro ended up leaving for Dallas. Uh, Ribeiro says it was always his dream to win a 25th Stanley Cup for the Habs, but now he uh, he says that it would be as a coach. Clearly, his career is over as a player, and he's talking about wanting to go and begin coaching in the NHL. He's put his name out uh, to the Canadians and to Nashville. Um, <clears throat> he thinks uh, Guy Boucher should be the, the successor for Claude Julien when the time comes, and uh, Ribeiro would love to be an assistant coach for Guy Boucher. Uh, working on the power play. Uh, in the meantime, he speaks to young teens and helps them understand that partying and the NHL just don't mix. Well, clearly he's learned his lesson and he's trying to pass that on. So good on him. Um, I I hope he succeeds. I, I wish him the best of luck in his future endeavors. Now, the potential CBA modifications... Uh, the NHL and the NHLPA are close to signing a new CBA, and it would carry it through the 25-26 season. So, uh, as it stands right now, there's a memorandum of understanding that they're going to extend the CBA. Not too many changes, but there's going to be little modifications. Uh, and the, st- the salary cap seems to be front and center, and the cap is going to remain flat for the next two seasons at $81.5 million, and rise by $1 million in the third season. That includes a 20% escrow on player salary. That's a big chunk of change. Imagine 20% of your pay being taken off the top and put into a separate bin. You can't access that. And that's just in case your employer doesn't meet their projections for profit. And if they don't, they can take money out of that 20% and put it in their pockets and if there's anything left, you'll get it back. If there's not, too bad. Um, the NHL expects revenues to reach $4.8 billion. And the season's playoff fund, bonus money that players will earn the longer their teams are in the playoffs, will be increased by $16 million to $32 million, So doubling the playoff uh, payouts uh, due to the extra number of teams involved. Uh, Olympic participation in 2022 and 2026 are guaranteed in this MOA, and it's pending the agreement with the IOC. 
the minimum salary will rise to $750,000 and again to $800,000 by the end of the agreement. Other modifications are players with uh, no movement or no trade clauses will have those clauses move with the player if they get traded to another team. So, for instance, uh, player X with a no move clause uh, gets approached by their GM and they say, hey, we want to trade you from Arizona to Nashville. And the player immediately waves that clause. The moment they arrive in Nashville, it used to be, in many cases, that clause is now null and void. However, under this new MOA and the extension of this CBA, that no movement clause will then reinstitute itself once in Nashville and they will have to be approached again if they are to be traded again. Um, players who are 35 and older can sign multi-year deals and if they retire before the contract is over, there will be no cap hit to the team. Finally, there will be no char- uh, changes to the signing bonuses. Uh, the Habs can greatly benefit from these changes, especially the cap hit being flat. Uh, I wrote about this at length on the Hockey Writers recently. Toot toot. Uh, go check us out. Um, and Mark Bergeron's frugal ways, uh, let's be honest, uh, what was he going to spend the money on? No one was coming to town. Uh, UFAs were not really kicking down doors to go play for a team that may or may not make the playoffs, even though... There's some very good leaders on this team. Uh, you know, taxes, the language issue, the media, on and on and on and on and on. Um, so, Bergevin can find ways to pick his spots and make trades with capstrap teams like the Lightning, the Leafs, uh, the Blues, uh, other teams that have pieces the Canadians could use who are near the cap. And the Canadians can then use their their cap space, uh, their their prospect pool, their picks, things they have a lot of. Use these tools to improve the on ice roster in Montreal. Now, will Alexander Romanov be able to play in the play-ins? No. <laughs> he won't. Uh, but there are questions remaining as to whether or not he could practice with the team or if uh, they burn one of the uh, the seasons in his ELC. Uh, they're not quite sure if they can burn off the first year or not. And there is talk of possibly loaning him to a European club uh, if, say, the European season starts on time. And the AHL doesn't. Could they just loan him out and uh, let him play there? Because you don't sign a player and just not play him. The KHL will not accept having a player on loan, especially a Russian player who just left the KHL. So if the Canadians want to have access to Romanov at at the start of next season, which is supposedly going to start around January 1st, uh, they're going to have to hope that the AHL kicks off around the normal time, sometime around the beginning of October. And if not, they can loan him to a European club that may be starting their season. So the goal is to give him playing time and as much as possible so that he is developing his game and he's going to be ready for the following season. Uh, all right, and 
to finalize this, the uh, Habs birthdays for this month. Arturi Lekin turns 23rd on the July, on July 4th, so happy birthday. Uh, Jesperi Kotniemi turned 20 on July 6th. That's right. He was a teenager for his first two seasons in the NHL. Uh, Xavier Ouellette, he's a, uh, he's a free agent at the moment. He turns 26th on the 26th of July. So, that concludes this quick hits episode of Habs Unfiltered Sitrep. Uh, the main show this week is going to be coming to us on Saturday, and I'm going to give you a little bit of a teaser. We have a special guest coming in. He is going to talk about the Canadians' playoffs, their draft picks, uh, their prospects. We're going we're gonna to pick his brain as much as we can. I'm not going to give you any names, but I'll let you guess. He works at TSN. Still don't know? All right, well, stick around. Follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, at Habs Unfiltered. Uh, you can find our host, Matt Smith, on all three platforms as well, under Stink by 350 uh, Treg Wilson can be found on all three platforms under Treg Wilson THW, or taking selfies at a gym somewhere. And myself, Blaine, well, you can find me on all three platforms as well. Uh I hope this uh, this sit rep was helpful. If not, <laughs> uh, please blame Treg for because he wrote the script. Uh, I didn't have time to talk to him. He was too busy taking selfies at a gym. So we will see you in the main show later this week. successful companies find unconventional answers. That's why Zamboni Keeper is your source for wins. When you need someone to hold down your fort, when your normal goalie is out injured, we have the answer for you. Call 1-800-BONY-DRIVER. We have a Zamboni driver available in a rink near you, ready to play nets. For only the cost of a team jersey, our Zamboni experts will be able to face your league's most expensive and nationally overhyped offensive players and provide your team the chance to win. Call 1-800-BONY-DRIVER and win. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. 
Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.